Welcome to Diary of an Empath. I am so excited to have my next guest today. But first, I just want to thank all of my listeners and everyone who subscribed to the last podcast. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I read all the reviews and I'm just so thankful for all of you to be with me on this journey today. So today, I just want to jump right in. My guest today has been in the modeling and the fitness industry for over 20 years. She's no stranger to the ins and the outs of the modeling and the fitness industry, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. She's been on the front of magazine covers. She's earned her pro card in the bodybuilding industry in 2012, and she has nearly 10 million followers on her social media platforms. So please welcome my guest today, Gia McCool. Gia, thank you so much for joining me on this show today. Certainly a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. I'm so excited to have Gia on the show because she has such an amazing array of experience and things that she's done in the industry. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing and, and how did you get involved in the modeling and the fitness industry? So it's a funny story. I don't tell a lot of people about my past. I guess a lot of people think that I just like stumbled into it or it happened overnight. But my, one of my very first jobs was age 10. And I know what you're thinking. Mm. How is that even legal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my, thankfully, I had a great parents who encouraged hard work. Create, they were very, very creative and they allowed me to be creative. And so I was homeschooled, which allowed me to have a lot of time to do after school projects. And so at first, you know, I started selling hormone cards and baking and I helped, you know, a few moms out with their babysitting and maybe organizing their home. But I just, I was a natural, like, I just loved to work. I just, I, w- I wasn't like most kids where they wanted to like hang out and party and get on the TV or monitors. I was like, no, what am I going to do? I already had a vision. So yeah. So long story, fast forward by 17, I already had my first house, saved every penny. And then I sold that house um, and was able to make a considerable profit from there, then reinvested that into more real estate, which allowed me to then reinvest into little side businesses. I made swimwear. I started my website. I got involved with interviews and fitness conventions. And it just kind of like steamrolled from there. Yeah, because I remember you used to do the bikinis for the um, IFBB mm-hmm. and for the NPC. And I remember just kind of like always being intrigued, like, man, this girl does a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I know like there's that saying that you're supposed to have balance, um, right? You hear that a lot. Yeah. Have balance, balance is the struggle. <laughs> but I always say that that's kind of like an excuse for people to be lazy because my way is just, I love what I do. I've made it so that what I'm doing, I love and I can make money at it. And so I'll just work, work, work. And then when I get tired... I recenter that energy, refocus it. If it's to go to the beach for a day or whatever, I recenter that energy and then I just start again. Right. You have to recharge, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about that on my previous podcast too, is finding time to recharge. And I can totally relate because I'm the same way. When I have an idea, it's like, I just want to do it. I want to do it right. So I can completely understand that. And how do you think your upbringing, how did it affect you today? Like, how did it affect who you are today? So starting little jobs early on and just being a hard worker helped me gain confidence to want to excel and learn new crafts and new skills. And that gave me dependability. It gave me discipline. So all the things that really help you own your own business were something that I have been building up over the years of just staying consistent with working, working hard. Yeah. And I can always tell you're a hard worker. And like, what kind of challenges do you face as a result of that? Um, do you find that it's challenging working in the industry that you do? I think it's hard to relate with a lot of people these days. Uh, I do find myself 
having a very small circle because not a lot of people have the viewpoints that I do or the visions that I do. And so to them, you might hear a lot, well, you know, take a, take time off or, you know, why do you need to work out today? Like, let's go party. It's just a different mentality today. So Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard to relate. Do you find it hard to fit in? Absolutely. I think there is a lot of people that feel, I don't know why they feel intimidated, but they feel intimidated immediately. Um, and I really am, you know, super warm and I open and I invite everybody in, you know, I don't judge or compare, but I think maybe they feel like they can't live up to those expectations. So they tend to draw back. Do you feel misjudged often? Yeah, I think so. But I mean, who doesn't these days, right? Yeah. And I think that's, I I can relate because I've been in situations where I just have always felt misunderstood, Yeah, you know, and like people just don't understand me at my core. And and it's like, well, no, I need to do this. And I need to have this kind of work ethic because I have a, I have a goal. And, you know, I found I started aligning myself more with people that were on that same path. So do you find that you start aligning yourself with people who are kind of in the same path? Or are you pretty eclectic with the group of friends? Oh, no, no, no. The people that I open up to and really take the time to say everything that's going on with me, it's a very small circle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it hard working in the industry that you work in? Absolutely. I don't know anybody that doesn't feel that way. It's, it's, everyone sees it from the outside. They see it like very glamorous. They have no idea that the amount of work that goes into it. Mm -hmm. But you like, do you like what you do? Absolutely. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I, I have gone to the point where I'm independent with it. Mm -hmm. I'm not on anyone else's wants or needs. (laughs) So I call the shots, which is the way it should be. You know, when you're independent with you, with your craft, love it. You don't need to, you know, put up with any of that. (laughs) And for the record, we do cuss on this show. So if you got the little babies in the background, turn the music down because yeah, she is a boss bitch. And we, we were, who, who would you say that you compare yourself to? If anyone, I have never, ever had that typical motivation or person. I've never really had that. I never did. I always believed that you have to compete with you. And maybe that's because I was homeschooled. I was, I never had to compare myself to anybody growing up. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like being in in a a class where you have people that are excelling over you and you're kind of comparing. I never had that. It was the curriculum. You had to do it. You had to bring in a certain grade. It was you against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've always had to do it by yourself. Yeah. And it's, and I feel like that just like drives you even more when you have to do it completely on your own and not depend on anyone else. Because I know for me, I've always had to do things on my own. And if I don't do it on my own, there's no one that's going to be there to help me. And that's all. I don't know if that's like a, a form of self abuse, but at the same time, it's what drives me because it's like, well, if I don't do this, no one's going to help me. So I either fail or I win. And if I have to choose between one of the two, well, I'm definitely not going to fail. It's just not in my DNA. And I feel like you're the same way. And if you fail, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. All that matters is that you don't quit. Right. Because there's not anybody there, you know, oh, you fail or laughing. No, it's you against you. Have you ever felt like quitting? Have you ever felt like at, at any point in your career, like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. This is just not for me. Has there ever been a time that I think if it ever gets to that point, I'll find something else to do because Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer. If you're not happy where you are, either don't complain or 
get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're tough, but I feel like in this industry, you have to have a tough mentality. Mm -hmm. It's like, we've talked about this before. Like it's either they're going to eat you up and spit you out and you're either going to survive or you're not. I feel like you have to have tough skin, you know, for you, I think to go through this industry and still be doing this, you know, for as long as you've done it. And you're not only that, but you're even more successful now than you ever have been. And I started to notice a shift within even your platform, because I've been following you for years. And I've just noticed the shift over the years of how your platform has even been more catering to women and and more catering to just like, hey, be your authentic self. What caused that shift? And was there a shift? So I've always wanted to help both male and female. I wanted to be on both of the demographics always from day one. I never believed to be on one or the other. And I always stay away from people who tend to classify or only, you know, are on one side of the spectrum. But I think what really changed and made me go, you know what? Now I'm going to put out what I love and I'm not going to care about anything else was when I had so many deaths in my family. So I've had in the past three years, I've had my father, my brother, and then my grandmother die. And that really, it told me a a huge message that life is short and you can't keep putting things that you want off. You got to take full advantage of the moment that you have. And if somebody's not going to like who you truly are, you don't want them there anyways. So that's what caused me to really just... Go full for That's powerful. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's like it, life throws shit at you and it's just like a, an eye opening. Almost like for me, like when I went through my spiritual awakening, it was like a light bulb moment went off. Like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Like you, I want to just be my full and authentic self. Exactly. And it's like, if anyone else just doesn't align with that or if they don't understand, fuck it. They're just not meant for me or this is just not meant for my path or my purpose. So it kind of sounds like, you know, just, and, you know, having dust in the family, God, that I can't even imagine how hard that is, but it's almost like this eye opening awakening of like, this is who I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand me, then I'm just going to keep going on my journey. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess too, I also noticed the masses or the amount of people just putting stuff that their audience wants to see mm-hmm. and not, it, it, that's why I always tell girls, what is your end goal? Because if all you're doing is trying to make everyone else happy and just throwing content into the wind and not building the relationships that truly social media was meant and created for, then you are, you're becoming the product. You're not, you know, you're not a brand. You're becoming their product. Absolutely. Oh, that's a good point. It gives me chills because it's, you know, I I think all of so many women, not just men. And I would say it's women too, men and women. I don't want to just categorize just women, but I would say so many of us feel so, it's the word I'm looking for. We feel this need to post things that other people want to see. We feel this need to, okay, I have to look like her. or I have to be like this Instagram model. I have to get this many likes. Okay. If I posted this and I didn't get this many likes, I'm going to take it down. And I noticed recently you started taking off the likes. Mm -hmm. So that way people can't see the amount of likes you're getting. And I saw you do that. I'm like, that's a really good idea. I'm going to do that too. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. (laughs) And so tell me why you did that. 
uh, just for that exact reason. You know, I'm tired of the, if, if people understand that what they're putting out there is not really what they want in the end end, they would stop doing it already, but they don't have that knowledge. So even when I see a girl who's maybe on a path that I know that she doesn't want, I don't ever judge. I try to help. I'm not going to unfollow her. Maybe I'll, you know, if she comes to me for advice, I'll give her advice. But I understand that it's just sometimes it's a lack of experience or a lack of knowledge and doesn't mean that they're lost. It means that they can learn in time, but they have to have that mindset and they have to be ready. So... Yeah, I think with social media, there's been such a big shift. It's like everything is instant gratification. We don't like that. We go to the next one. Same mm-hmm. with dating. Now we don't like him. We don't like her. Left. Without without <laughs> fixing yourself first. Right. Yeah. And we have the, we're in a generation of filters of these unrealistic expectations of what social media is going to be. How do you think, for, at least in your opinion and, and your experience in this industry, how do you think that affects self-esteem? And how, do you think it's realistic? It's, it's all around self-esteem. It's all around it. So the more insecure you are, the more you're going to feel the need to either buy validation or get validation. So it's, it's all based around that. And it's sad because some of the most beautiful girls are the ones who are getting in this trap and not realizing their worth. It is a trap. It's a Mm -hmm. social media trap, right? It's we are in this generation of likes and, you know, desires of, you know, let me have a six pack and let me look like this. When I think a lot of people don't realize, well, when you see these pictures on Instagram, first of all, you don't know what they did to look like that for that photo shoot. You don't know. Well, let's just say it. You don't know what drugs they're taking because the reality in this industry is that there's all types of performance enhancing drugs that nobody likes to talk about. But it's like the elephant in the room, right? Nobody likes to say it. So you don't know what they're taking or, you know, do they have genetics of the gods? Maybe they do. (laughs) Maybe they don't have, they have kids have, maybe they haven't had kids. There's so many factors that go into this. And we see like these picture perfect women, which listen, God bless you. You know, if you look a certain way, I am all about doing whatever you want to do to look the way you want to look and more power to you. But we're just in this, generation of these likes and these filters that when you have these women at home, and I say women, cause that's the majority of what we're kind of talking about right now. It's almost unrealistic. I remember when I used to compete, you know, way back in the day and, you know, just wanting to compete at first because I wanted a challenge. I was in the Marine Corps. I got out. I'm like, I want to do something different. And I remember looking at these women saying, why don't I look like that? I'm working hard. Do you ever find that women come to you? Cause I know you've had experience in the NPC and, and IFBB, you know, do you ever have women coming to you? And, and when they do, what's your advice to them? So yes, all the time. And I always help them. I always tell them the truth. I'm always real with them and whatever I can do to help them. If it's to get them on a diet, if it's to train them, I'm even, I've even gone and trained them, but I'm really, I always tell them what it takes to get to that look. But I, I, I think I want to touch on the fact that everyone wants to base success around appearance. And that couldn't be further from the truth. It really, I've seen people who are killing it in the game and it's because of their heads and their ability to to build relationships and their ability to understand what it takes to have a business. And 
I want girls to understand that if they want to be successful creating financial freedom online, they have to start treating this as a business and stop treating this as a pageant, a beauty pageant. That was like goosies. (laughs) So when they can do that, that's when they're going to see everything that they've ever wanted come to life. Preach, preach. Yes. I love how you said that because, you know, treat it as a business. Do not treat it as a pageant. Can we make that into a meme? (laughs) I think we need to make this into a meme. Treat it like a business. Don't treat it like a pageant. That's so real because I noticed like the shift, even with my business, you know, when I'm going from just, oh, let me just make a social media. So when you're focusing on a business, you're thinking of strategies, marketing, what do I need to do to, you know, stay current? What does my audience want to see? And this whole mindset that I'm now experiencing, it's like mind blown. And people don't realize how much work yeah. goes into this. And I know you do so much of your own editing. You do so much of your whole behind the scenes. People don't realize that. Right. Yeah. So tell me about that. You know, when, what kind of work does it take to do behind the scenes? So you have to know. As the owner of the business or any business, you have to know all elements of the business. Because even if you hire employees, if something happens and they're not available or they can no longer be there, you're stuck. So you need to know all elements of it. So I'm doing everything. I know how to shoot it, edit it, everything from step to finish. I'm doing it. And that is, I think every person who wants to build an online business needs to do that. Women need to start looking or women or men, if they want to have financial freedom, start treating everything they they do as a business and not as a social event. So, you know, as social media, social media was created for us to be able to do what businesses take decades to do and get it in four months. It's all based around building relationships. So you have to look at it like this. What the, what people get caught up in the likes and followers is they're so hung up on that's all that matters in my business that they end up getting the wrong kind of followers that really will not buy anything from them. They're only there for one reason. So that's why if you're going to do it, start putting out what you want and the kind of business that you're trying to bring, you know, which is financial freedom, not a bunch of guys looking for tits and ass because that's sex. <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> if you're going to put that kind of content on them. Absolutely. And do you find that it's changed? Like, do you find that Instagram has changed or that social media? I, cause I know there's dark sides to it. Yeah. You know, it's not all fluffy and butterflies. Let me just post a post and have everybody like it and I'm good to go. <laughs> People think that it's really easy. So I started before social media, before that even was a thing. I did the old school. I was in agencies and I actually had to be there in appearances and whatnot. Now, I've seen the whole transformation. I know when it was at the high point and definitely I can say without a doubt that social media is declining 100% because in order to control the quality of the content now, it's something that is out of the app makers or the creators. It's out of their hands. They can't control the dark, evil side to it that's happening now. The bots, the groups, which I can get into long conversations. You know, now they have these groups where they congregate in these apps and they go in and they'll like each other and comment each other. And how genuine is that? Really? I want to know the dark side. What's the dark side? So there is a lot of bots, a lot of scammers, a lot of people who 
will understand the algorithm. They understand that Instagram has, it's not run by any one person first of all. There's no one person going in there and checking to see when there's a report. There's an actual system, a brain. The algorithm is a brain, okay? So if they get several reports within a certain amount of time that someone posts, the algorithm will pick up on that and take your page down or report you. So a lot of these these trolls is a word for them. Mm -hmm. There's so many words for them. Hackers is another word for them. They understand how to break through that algorithm and how to attack, cyber attack, cyber harass, especially targeted people that have high numbers or people that are verified pages. And they actually find fun about this. They'll do it to the... It's very big in politics. It's big in actors. Like anybody who's anybody gets it done to them. A lot of times you have to hire teams. So I have a team that handles mine. I know a lot of people, they hire actual teams to protect them against this. That's crazy. I, you know, I, I never even heard of anything like that or knew that existed, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised. We live in this generation now of everything is digital. Everything you do is digital. Everything is going to be documented in like, this brain of what we call the internet. So you can't do anything nowadays without it being online. And if you, and if, if anybody thinks that they can put images out there and they're protected, they're fooling themselves because everything these days is stolen and used against you. My team takes down sometimes 35 or more fake websites in my name fake people pretending to be me, scamming. I mean, I've had people say that they sent me plane tickets and all sorts of things. I want a plane ticket. Can I get a plane ticket? Where are we going? And I'm like, my manager's like, nope, you didn't send it to the real Gia. You know? So, and you, you would think, how smart are you if you're sending money to a stranger? How smart are you? Really? That's crazy. It's not, it's not my responsibility to babysit my followers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that I, you know, that's not my job. So if you're going to go online and not be sensible and not have common sense and send money to a stranger, that's on you. And you have to be careful. And, you know, for you OnlyFans folks out there, know that you post, it's going to be online. You may think that it's not, but it it's out there. Well, you heard about the newest thing with OnlyFans. Something about no no more porn. Lots of you going to be out of work. (laughs) So. I, I don't want to, you know, judge anybody for anything that they choose to do, but just make sure that it's what you're actually wanting to do. Because if you think that you're stuck in a corner and that's the only way you're going to make money, that's limited beliefs. So don't ever do something that you don't want to do. And someone's telling you this is the only way. And unfortunately, there are a lot of well-known influencers with very high numbers profiting off of these new influencers who are trying to find a way to have financial freedom. And this is what is bothering me off of it. Because you make sure whoever wants to do this, they actually want to do it. And they don't feel like this is the only way that you can make money. Right. And I think too, and let's clarify, we're very sex positive on this show. And we there's no judgment for anyone who wants mm-hmm. to do it. But if you're feeling pressured to do something, right. you know, that's, I think, where where we have to figure out and draw the line. Like, okay, 
Do you really want to do this? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they're doing stuff like this, they don't think about the long-term repercussions or they don't understand that, hey, this photo or this video that you're putting out online can come around later, you know, so you just have to really make sure yeah. that this is what you really want to do. And and you're right. I, if you're feeling pressured too, you really yeah. have to give it second thought. So what you're saying is that there are influencers out there. Is it kind of like a pyramid scheme? Well, it's, it's kind of, I, I mean, it's it, here it is. Here's how you have to look at it. If you have been in the industry for a long time and you have high numbers, you are a brand and people are going to look at you as such. So you don't even necessarily have to pressure somebody. You could just say, Hey, if you want to do it, I'll help you. But they're going to feel more inclined to want to do it just because of who you are. And they're going to want to be associated with you for that. So just make sure that you are have complete transparency with these new influencers and tell them the in and outs and what happens when they start this. Don't leave them in the dark. And then they have to find out on their own. Right. Because it's not just all it's not rainbows fair. and butterflies. Exactly. And there's a dark side to exactly. to this industry. And, you know, I, I know from when I met you a while back, we had that conversation mm-hmm. about, you know, the, the ins and the outs. And, hey, everything is not always what you see. And you kind of got to know the other side to this. If this is because I remember when I wanted to get involved in uh, mm-hmm. competing, you know, and I was asking you for advice, that was kind of like, well, you just got to know that there's two sides to it. It's not always going to be just what you think you see, because a lot of times it's glamorized, you know, and we see Instagram, and it's like this saturation of models. Now, it's saturation of fitness models, saturation of just, you know, you want to see some you want to see some ads, you go go on this page, and you're going to see it. Society is turning into one big porn Mm-hmm. Like everything, everything I see, not even, not even talking about OnlyFans. I'm not, I'm just in general. It's kind of like there's the dancers and then there's the ones throwing the money and it's this two thing going on. And I, I applaud anybody who can go, you know what? No, I'm stepping out of that. I'm here strictly to help people and show my passions. And if it only helps one person and one person alone, that's all that matters, you know? Mm-hmm. And what would you say is your biggest lesson that you've learned or even your biggest life lesson that you've learned? I'm, I would say to stop putting people on pedestals and stop trying to see people in their highest form or what you know they have potential to be. Start seeing people for who they are and don't have expectations. I have a real tendency to always see people in their highest self, even if they're not there at the moment, I want them, I can see their potential. So I open up my arms and then I always end up getting disappointed because I have all these expectations. So don't have expectations. That's really powerful because that just speaks to what an empath is. Because so oftentimes as empaths, we always want to see the good in everybody. And it's not to say we're naive. Because we're not naive because we can pick up on people lying like flies on shit. If you are lying to us, we I don't know. know. Why I hate that saying so much. I don't know. <laughs> we just know when people are lying. Okay. So we'll, leave, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But you know, we, it's like our biggest superpower and it's almost like our worst trade. If someone had to ask me, what's your best and your worst trade? I would say the same thing. It's the fact that I always want to see the good in people and. The downside in that is that we put people on this pedestal and we kind of look at them in this idealistic 
view of who we think they are, or who we want them to be, or what we will hope they become. And when they don't meet those expectations, it can be disappointing. It can be devastating. It can be hurtful. And sometimes we have to remember that people will show us exactly who they are. And we have to see things for who they, we have to see people for who they are in that moment not who we want them to be, right? who who they are right there. And that's a hard lesson that I know I've had to learn because I always want to see the good in people. But on the flip side, it's almost one of your biggest superpowers because no matter what, you want to see the good in everybody. You just have to hope that that person is genuine. But, you know, the good thing is, though, we can sniff them out like dogs and we... <laughs> I'm getting better. We know. And I can yeah. imagine in this industry, you know, you, you probably have met some people that don't have the best intentions. Well, if the only times I've ever been disappointed in this industry was because I had expectations from people who I just, you know, and it, it happens all the time. You see them on the media and then you meet them and you're like, this is not the same person that I thought that they were going to be, you know? So you just kind of have this view of who you hope they be. And- yeah. Well, Dwayne Johnson, if you're listening, <laughs> please, if I ever meet you, boo, just please be the same. Because <laughs> that's my future husband, whether he knows it or not. I just want to say that. What can you do today that you were not capable of doing a year ago? Oh, so much. I had the capability all along, but I had limited beliefs. I allowed people and sometimes the closest people to you can be your family. Mm-hmm. I listened to what they had to say and they saw, or they always saw me as this little girl or, you know, this person that they grew up with. So they, pro- they gave me a lot of like, you know, come on, be realistic. You hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Have realistic expectations. Don't let anyone ever tell you that because those who dream, those who have visions are the ones that have brought the best things to this world. So don't ever, ever limit your beliefs. And I could remember a year ago saying, well, I want a voice, but I don't think I can have a voice. And that was like one of the the biggest limited beliefs I could have had. And I remember it was somebody in a company that I was working for at the time. They just kind of like gave me that look. And I was like, what? What's that look for? And they're like, it's a limited belief. You can have whatever you want. So after that, I was like, you know what? You're right. And I just start doing it. And then before you know it, I'm, yeah, you have a voice. And that's awesome. I, I've always noticed that about you too, is everything's a very positive mindset because your thoughts are very powerful, right? Your thoughts are very, very powerful and they control our behaviors. And I love that limited beliefs. I think we're going to have a couple memes that come from this podcast that we're going to have to use. And that's just something that, you know, I think that speaks volumes because when you have this positive mindset, if you look at the people who are the most successful in life, you're always going to notice a trend or a common denominator. And usually that common denominator is the way that they think. Mm -hmm. That's why they're so successful. I mean, if you have this person who is like, I can't, I can't, I can't, or, you know, I don't have this, I don't have that. Well, the law of attraction, you're probably not going to attract those things in your life. So it's so important to keep these positive mindsets of, I will accomplish this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this person. And then you start to attract that back. And I've always noticed that about you. You've always been very positive. Do you feel like, have you always been like that? Or was it just more of a shift that happened? I've always been like that. 
like even remember I started working at age 10. I remember mm-hmm. people saying, no way, like you're so grown up, you know, for your age. But I think as a female and then being in the industry that I'm at, you get underestimated a lot. And I see a lot of women and a lot of females feel like, well, if I'm this age, there's no more for me to go, you know? So take it while you have it. Or you hear that comment, like ride the wave. You hear that a lot, right? No, be the wave. Mm -hmm. Who cares if you're going to measure yourself in a limited belief of only your appearance, and that's how you're going to market yourself only as your appearance, then yeah, you're going to have a shelf life. But that's not where it ends. I love this. Look at Goldie Hawn. Look at so many... There's so many people. I can name several people that their careers happened when they were in their elder years. It's about not giving up and showing your character, showing that you are, you know, work well with people. You're not a diva. You know, you don't have all these expectations from people. You can do the job from A to Z. You're not relying on everyone around you. Be a real entrepreneur and you'll be treated like one. Don't say, oh, I'm a self-made millionaire and you're only on OnlyFans. And so character, right? Exactly. Character speaks volumes Mm -hmm. and your character will give you your reputation. And, you know, I know that, you know, we've all heard of people who are known for their character or their diva mentality and no one wants to work with them because your reputation is everything because especially as an entrepreneur, if you have poor customer service, if you have bad people skills, no one's going to want to work with you. No one's going to come back. Yeah. So it sounds like from what I'm hearing, you know, character for you is really important and, and is part of what drives you as yeah. an entrepreneur. I mean, I've heard so many people go, well, you know, because of the pandemic, I've had to do my own makeup and I've had to do my own hair. And I hear this like amongst models, this conversation. And I turn around and I'm in the back of my mind, I'm going, I've been doing my own hair, my own makeup from day one. Like, when did I ever hire anybody for any of that stuff? I always you used know? to watch her makeup tutorials. <laughs> I would see, listen, for all those who have not followed Gia, go follow Gia McCool. You, if you go back to her old videos, this girl was doing her makeup, doing makeup tutorials. Editing her pictures, editing her videos, doing the background stuff. I mean, this girl works, you guys. So yeah, I mean, you are the definition of an entrepreneur and it's, it's amazing. And I think that when you have that work ethic, you have that drive and that ambition to succeed Mm -hmm. because it's like, you're not going to, you're not going to take anything less because you've worked so hard to get here. And don't think that a lot of people think that just because you've done these things in the industry, that that's what's made a financial freedom. No, my financial freedom came from things that had nothing to do with the internet at all. Like if the internet goes down tomorrow, I'm still making my money. Like, you know, you gotta be diverse. You gotta be, you gotta have it coming from all avenues. Right. So. Exactly. And you've been doing this way, like you said, way before the, the internet. I remember mm-hmm. seeing you on magazine covers and, mm-hmm. you know, you've been in this industry. So you know what it's like to work. And I think the, the beauty of this too is like the transformations and the adaptability that you've had to adapt to every single situation. Okay. You mean well, the magazine covers before they start charging magazine covers? <laughs> Wow. That's how old. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I don't do them anymore because we know where magazine covers are now. Mm-hmm. They're not where they were in the beginning. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Started in back when it was really an accomplishment. And now it's like, oh, it's... 
I think it's a, an amazing oh, accomplishment. <laughs> it's still so much. It's it's still an accomplishment. But I see what you're saying though. Yeah. This it's a different type of generation now. Everything's uh, online. Well, no, like when you there was actual physical magazine covers that you got selected and you got paid. Now the magazines are you pay the mag is the model pays the magazine to get into the magazine. You're the brand. So it's not anybody at the, if, as long as you have the money, this is the way to get in a magazine now. It's not about mm-hmm. your skill craft or anything like that. It just, it's watered out. It's watered down the market. That's why it's not any, that's, I, that's why when girls tell me, Oh, I want to be a model. I'm like, no, 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 no. Think bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Think bigger. Cause you're buying your way in essentially now. You can buy on, buy it's, yourself. It's watered soon. down. The market's watered down. You just like achieve, want it. Just think bigger. That's what I always tell you. Don't think small. We're going to add a lot. That's another one to add to the memes. <laughs> think bigger. And so what would you do differently if nobody would judge you? Would you do anything differently? If you knew that tomorrow you woke up and you can do whatever you want and nobody would judge you for anything that you do? Girl, they're going to judge you no matter <laughs> what you do. <laughs> you just... I have never, ever said, I'm not going to do something because I'm not going to get judged or I am going to, I've never based my decisions on that. I base my decisions on, am I going to be happy? And can I look 10 years from now on my deathbed and go, did I regret that? Did I not? I don't want to regret anything. So I make sure that I really want it. That's powerful. And let me ask you, I'm going to ask you kind of a, a simple, but deep question. Are you happy? Yes, I am. In my career, I'm very happy. I have a lot of issues with family. Who doesn't? In my own relationship, I have a lot of problems there because the industry affects your relationships all in, in so many ways. Your time is always being pulled from you. And most people don't understand. If they're not in the industry, they don't understand the mentality. So they don't, they're not going to be able to relate to your methods and to your work ethic. They're going to be like, why are you still working? You're working on the weekends. You're working on the holidays. Why are you always working? You know, when you're on vacation, why can't you just chill and not work out? Why do you have to eat healthy food? Why can't you, you know, and they don't understand it. And so it affects relationships. And it's, it's hard too when you're it's kind of like talking about that circle, right? You know, you have a small circle because it's just that feeling of feeling misunderstood, you yeah. know, when they're not on the same purpose, the same road, the same goals. Do you feel like you have an end goal or are you? Yes, absolutely. You have to have an end goal. That's something that you got to write down, log it and keep coming back to it. What's your end goal? Uh, it's kind of tricky, but I want to have a few, I have a few more properties to get. That's part of the end goal. I want to be able to move to a certain select place that has blue water. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I was this close to making it happen before pandemic. So that's on the end goal. And just to be around the people that I love and have that grounded peace, that great energy. You know, I don't, I don't have like end goals to have fame or any of that. Like that's actually one of the worst sides of this. I wish I could do what I love and not have that side because it brings a lot of headaches. But yeah, just have a few career, more career goals at at the end. And then just to sit back and 
just chill and let your yeah. money make money. Be around the people that I love. Yeah. Share it with the people I love. I feel like we, we live in this time where everything is work, work, work. I talked yeah. about this on my last podcast a little bit. And I noticed the more I traveled and the more that I went to other places, I would always notice how the work week was very different. Some places only worked like three days a week or four days a week. You know, it was very normal in Paris for people to go on their lunch break and have a glass of wine, which I'm like, yes, yeah, they're, they're more I, can we please do that? And people seem to be more happy. Yeah. They take more vacations and here. And of course, I'm not saying everybody is in the financial status to be able to do those things. But even those that are, I feel like don't don't have that mindset to, to have more joy in their life, to have more downtime. And of course, it's one thing when you're striving for a goal, but it's so important to not feel like you have to do it, but to know that there's some downtime that is possible to have family time, to have time for you. Because I always tell my clients too, you cannot fill the cups of others if your own cup is not filled. So if you're constantly running on an empty cup, you cannot help others. You can't fill the cup of others. If you're constantly giving them your cup, here you go. Here you go. I'll help you too. Here you go. You have nothing left. You have to fill your own cup. It's so important to, to be selfish sometimes. Selfishness is probably one of the best gifts that you can give others. Yeah. Because when you're selfish and you take time for yourself, you do things for yourself, then you can give more to the people around you. So, you know, we talk about balance is hard, right? But it's something that I think all entrepreneurs struggle with. Yeah, no, it's a struggle. I, I, I mean, I've been married a very long time. And anybody who's been married a very long time knows there's no real secret. It's just constant work. And so my partner is not remotely and hates everything to do with the industry doesn't like to be seen, doesn't like to be heard. So it can be very challenging, but at the same time, it kind of balances me because that's the same person telling me, you know, so I'm chill out now. <laughs> it's that balance. I always yeah. tend to be attracted to introverts because I'm naturally an extrovert. So I always, I, I love introverted men. I love it because if you, if we cannot both be introverted because if we're just talk, 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 yeah. talk, and you're talking over me and I'm talking over you and no one's listening, it's not going to work. I, yeah. I need somebody to just balance me out and say, okay, like you need to calm down and it's, <laughs> it's time to take a break. I need that in my life. So if anyone's listening, <laughs> I am very single, <laughs> but no, I, I completely understand that, you know, it's just kind of having that balance and, and sometimes it's needed. I don't know about you, but for me, I have a hard time slowing down. I have a really hard time slowing down. Yeah. I don't sit well. It's but hard. they say the sitting is the new smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true, but you know what? It's those entrepreneurs too that that yeah. put in the same drive that seem to be the most successful. Well, I want to ask you before we go, what would you say would be your number one advice? What would be your your number one advice that you would give to women? not just in this industry, but just in general, when you're scrolling around on social media, when it comes to self-esteem, what would, what do you have to say to women out there? To trust your intuition. It's so powerful. And so many women second guess it. They overthink it. Always go with your first thought. Don't push that away. That's powerful. Thank you. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in today. And I can't wait to see you guys next time on Diary of an Empath.